shows are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Welcome to the Adventures in Tech Podcast. Talking the latest tips and trends in educational technology to innovate and engage your students. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Dan. Welcome to episode 33 of the Adventures in Tech Podcast. My name is Andrew. And my name is Dan. And we're excited you have joined us on this venture once again. We appreciate all the support you've been giving us. And as always, if you like the content, like us, provide that feedback and a rating on wherever you download your podcast from. And we do appreciate that support. Uh, Dan, I know there's a, I don't want to say a bunch, but there's some classroom updates I do want you to touch upon, right? Uh, That big project with uh, ELA and social studies. So why don't we kick that off right away? Sure, I can do that. Um, A lot of stuff going on in the classroom. Um, One of the big things is, which I'm really happy about, I mean, I am working with a with an ELA and social studies teacher to take a uh, interdisciplinary approach to some content. Um, But really what I want to say, what I'm most inspired about that is, you know, being a technology integration specialist, working with them was not teaching them so much how to use tools, but really looking at digital design to achieve all of their goals. So that was a really rewarding experience for me. So um, going into that next level with a lot of teachers that we work with is going beyond the how to do something, but more of a difference of why am I doing it and how can I design it to get that output. So it was it was pretty cool to be part of. You know, the thing is, I feel like we've talked about digital design at nauseum and but it's, it's finally starting to resonate, and it's going to just increase from here. And capacity keeps building, so uh, on the right track with, with educators overall. Uh, in, in all For all technology integration specialists you know, across you know, the U.S. Mm-hmm. and so forth, that is kind of where the, the next thing, well, I don't want to say the next thing, because that's uh, teasing what's coming up in this episode. There's always going to be a next thing. There's always going to be a next thing, but that's the current next thing, let's say, is really making sure that you advocate and get that going in your classroom. So Right, uh, and you know, just to build upon it, you know, we have a lot of reoccurring themes in the podcast, and we sure. always talk about being... Uh, a creator rather than a consumer and like working in this aspect with teachers it's seeing how teachers are are in are, are being able to embrace the role and incorporate their creativity with the use of technology i think technology is inspiring them Agreed. Um, making them think more creatively outside the box to provide more opportunities for all their learners um, just as is represented in udl understanding uh, universal design for learning. Yep. So teachers are really are, are harnessing um, what their knowledge of pedagogy and what works best for students. Um, they're using that knowledge and being able to leverage with, with the technology infrastructure they have to create pretty awesome experiences. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thanks, Dan. Welcome. <laughs> All right. So let's talk what else is going on. So uh, ditch that textbook. Uh, good old friend, Matt Miller, Digital Summit ongoing. Right now, PD, the best way. Couch, PJs, and on your time. Kicked off December 12th, so we are in day number three. And it'll go through January 6th. So you have plenty of time to eat Christmas cookies, drink some eggnog, and get PD through the Ditch That Textbook Digital Summit. We will make sure we post. Uh, it is free, so you just got to sign up, and you'll get an, an email to your inbox every day. Did I miss anything? Nope. All right. On to the next thing. So it's been four years since it has been in Philadelphia. ISTE Live 23. It's called Discover Your Next is the theme. And your next could be an idea, inspiration, collaboration, favorite tech tool, or an adventure. ISTE Live returning to Philadelphia June 25th through June 28th of 2023. 
Hopefully, I will be celebrating my birthday down at ISTE this year. Oh, that's right. Your birthday's right around that time. It is. Falling right within ISTE. All right. So, we'll see. So, more more information to come out. ISTE's just, you know, it's a save the date. Registration doesn't open until after the new year. Uh, there's a lot of information. Uh, if you want to go uh, to, you know, I mean, or learn more about the ISTE conference and everything that is going to be coming with ISTE Live 2023, basically... It's just conference.isti.org, and you'll see all of the ISTE conference information that is out there presently. All right, so let's talk uh, some weekly wind-up, some news. Uh, I want to talk about the new Smart Canvas feature. Now, that's in Google Docs, so we know that they basically have done that. The big thing that we've talked about this, I feel like, two episodes ago. Uh, it we, does, yes. It right? is very we fresh talked on about my mind. Pageless Documents. Right, which we talked about, right. and that's Dan's favorite. And summaries we did talk about. And we talked about summaries. Now, the reason why I put this in the show notes, because we know it's already out, right, is because there was something that our good old friend Jake Miller had posted about. And oh. what it was, if you click on his link too, and we will put a link to his blog uh, on his website, it's an auto-generated summary in Google Docs. So let's, you know, he talked about adding summaries, and you would do that on the left-side menu where the document outline is, and they show up in other locations like Google Drive, et cetera. However, what either I didn't know or didn't realize or share at that point, whatever, uh, was that those summaries are auto-generated if the document is long enough. So you do mm. all the work on the doc itself, and now Google calls a suggested summary in that same location, and you can edit it. But it pretty much creates the summary for you. Sounds familiar. It's just why I was going down this path, there's not a, off the rails. A, there's a lot of uh, things we'll be talking about with that. So, yeah. So that's one of the new <laughs> smart Canvas features in Google Docs. So if you're typing the paper up in your Google Doc, it will provide a summary for you. Now, however. Speaking, you know, speaking of those auto-generated, gener there's a new update in Canva. Yeah, we'll talk about that one second. The one thing I just want to mention is, okay, it depends on what level, okay, of Google Workspace account mm. you're using. So uh, it's it's for Education Plus, not for Education Fundamentals. If you have no clue what we're talking about, don't worry about it, okay? Uh, your IT director uh, of your district will know as well as if you have technology integration specialists and so forth. So there are those four different levels of Google Workspace, and they kept changing them, uh, but Education Plus, which we are, so all good. So that being said, Dan, go ahead, pivot. Well, pivot, I mean, talking about that auto-generated AI, Canva has introduced um, new tools into their platform. Um, as you're building in Canva, there is now going to be the introduction of some new AI to help you create some um, tech spaces and workspaces in your document. So we see AI coming into Canva as well. So it's coming everywhere. It's coming everywhere, which is, is interesting. And that's going to be our, our show focus for today. We will talk about AI. Uh, I want to talk, which I just told you about earlier today, Dan, was how you can now easily format and display code in Google Docs. So currently when working in Google Docs, collaborators who want to pre uh, present code have to paste it in the document and then manually apply the styles by highlighting the syntax. So now there's a new smart Canvas feature that makes the process much easier by enabling you to format and display code in Docs with code blocks, right? Cool. Yes, and it's already there. I've seen it. You know, like it started... 
Uh, rapid release, right, has started uh, as of December 14th. Extended rollout with schedule release uh, will start right after the new year, January 3rd. But you can see if you go to insert building blocks, we're Mm-hmm. Uh, can we just talk? I'm sorry. I'm going to go off the rails. Yeah, already? That, yeah, well, clearly. Insert building blocks. People don't use that. Now, I, it's, there's some cool tools in there. Right? And I get, like, I think we can really talk about ways to utilize that feature of Google Docs in the building blocks as you're building a pageless document, let's say. Mm-hmm. And it has the email draft and the product roadmap and everything. It's severely underutilized but that is where you will find code block we will link the, to the show notes so you can see the gif or gif whatever you like to call it uh for this you know but building blocks definitely something to check out absolutely and i just want to backtrack a little bit because i did talk about canva yeah my bad and and um i just before i got any farther that is called their magic right tool is it w-r-i-t-e w-r-i-t-e so the one thing we want to talk about with Canva is um, please make sure, and, and I know that Dan and I are dealing with this, is that they are, first off, it has to be 13 and up. Mm-hmm. And second off, make sure they have signed your, in New York State, your Ed Law 2D agreement, which, uh, you know, we keep trying to um, get them to sign, and we're just, you know, down a rabbit hole trying to figure out who to get to sign it. So, um, but that's that. So, all right. Uh, I know we are getting close to the holiday season, uh, I think we talked uh, a lot uh, about quizzes already, but right, and there is a new update to quizzes as of last week that uh, you can now import your Google Forms into quizzes. So that's a nice game changer for them on their platform. Yeah, uh, it is, and we will put um, some information into that. But if you are a big quizzes fan now, that's pretty easy with the uh, the Google Forms uh, import feature. Uh, I know we mentioned briefly about ISTE. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but basically. ISTE and ASCD, right, mm-hmm. have officially become united, and they are now divisions of a new education nonprofit organization. So basically, ASCD was the um, uh, administrators kind of, uh, you know, ISTE version, right? I right. Mean, That's a good way of putting it. You know, so it's basically they're just joining forces uh, and going to be two powerful voices, one global movement. End of story. And if you've never uh, tuned into the what ASCD does put out, um, they put out some great articles, yeah. some great blogs, some great resources. So it's definitely worth um, going through, subscribing to their newsletters, and keeping abreast of everything education. Agreed. Absolutely. Okay, so Christmas is coming, or the holidays. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Uh, Look, Diwali, Ramadan. Are we looking for gifts for our favorite podcasters? Uh, that would be great, Wouldn't but really that? for anybody, <laughs> teachers, that's that's a great segue. So, uh, you know, I saw some of this, and I was like, you know what? These, some of these things are kind of cool. And we will link to them in the show notes. But Lunchtime Tech, did you see this? Uh, Crock-Pot electric lunch box, portable food warmer for on-the-go 20 ounce. Come on, it's cold here in the Northeast. It is. We're hunkering down for a snowstorm. This is pretty cool that you put your leftovers in, at the start of the day, two to three hours later, your lunch is ready, right? There you go. You can turn on the podcast, listen, and you don't have that horrible smell in the microwave. <laughs> we know someone who does that way too often, Way right? too often. So uh, definitely something cool. It's portable. It, it's unique. So uh, we will po- post a link as well. Uh, we talked, I believe, not this season, but last, last season, season, right? The Rocket Book. The Rocket Book Flip Notebook. So really... It's like you're writing on a legal pad, but you save those notes to your Google Drive, Dropbox, Evernote, you know, iCloud, email, whatever you want. Wipe the page and reuse. So you're 
uh, being environmental friendly as well, right? I would also get the Pilot Friction Ball pen then, right? Because they're erasable. That's that would true. go with it. So if someone needs to take a lot of notes, this is something definitely to check out as you are giving gifts for colleagues or, uh, you know, other friends, family members, uh, those who are educators or, or wherever. Anybody can use a notebook. So I would like the uh, My Favorite Book of Dad Jokes. Yeah, we'll get to that one, right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good one. Uh, obviously, everybody can use a 20-ounce uh, Yeti mug, right? Those are fun. The nice thing is, which a lot of people probably don't realize because you do lose them or they fall off and then you find them on a filing cabinet like two weeks later, the mag slider that goes on the top, right? You can buy more of those off Amazon as well. Now, Dan, we always get asked a couple questions. How can I start my own podcast? Well, you know we use Anchor and we know that you can use many, many tools out there. So if you are interested in any specific things, the best thing is to start your own research. We will tell you we use Rode Equipment, R-O-D-E. So if that is something that interests you, then feel free to ask us more information about that. But they have USB mics, they have XLR mics, and we're not going to go down that rabbit hole uh, in regards to that. Now, two things that I thought were important. One was uh, a uh, the Spotlight Logitech presentation remote, right? Ooh, so that's a cool one, especially is. if you're uh, around the classroom. You can definitely flip through your slide decks, right, for slides, mm-hmm. PowerPoint, Keynote. The other thing is the on-the-go charger packs, which uh, is important. <laughs> Why? If you because of juice jacking. Juice jacking. So uh, that is another thing. They have the uh, USB portable chargers, and we will post a link to that. That can definitely help. And, again, it's not just for your juice jack, but you could be anywheres. You know, um, besides outside of your own vehicle, it's good to have these on-the-go charger packs. So, and Dan wants the favorite book of dad jokes. So if you would like Dan to have that so he can <laughs> definitely recite some dad jokes. That you know, could be a new segment. Exactly. So please feel free to send it. Uh, to Dan, and we will go from there. That will be funny. Um, and then other than that, I mean, that was pretty much where I wanted to wrap up with, you know, some some gifts. I mean, listen, any educator, any teacher appreciates anything that you give them because they're not in it for the, 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 the benefits of a gift around the holiday time. They're in it because they love working with children, they love teaching, and they love seeing that light bulb aha moment. So uh, that's pretty much my soapbox moment on that, and we're going to go from there. Okay. All right. Here we go. Deep breath, Dan. Let's address the elephant in the room and on Twitter. Yes, Maybe it's not Twitter in the room everywhere. anymore. It's if, unless you've been under a rock recently in the last few weeks. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's big. Can, I mean, before we get into talking about the topic that I'm pretty sure everyone knows that we're going to be talking about, um, written kind of around the same times and along the same ch- yes. subject, there was a, an article, um, a blog post uh, posted by one of our favorites, AJ Giuliani, and he asked the question, does education really need to change? Yep. So um, we'll put a link to the um, blog that's in there. Uh, I, I don't want to dissect the whole thing, but there is one passage that I wanted to, to read through to kind of set us up for the rest of our discussion. Mm-hmm. So to all of our listeners out there, um, you can put on your daydreaming cap or hat or whatever you have for a moment. And think about living in a world where researchers created a system that can learn to play and master old Atari games without directions. Um, Computers describe images to blind people. Online video conference systems can automatically translate from one language to another. And a researcher could teach a computer how to paint faces using its own sort of imagination. 
How about an online and free platform that can write essays, dialogue scripts, and basically answer any prompt in a matter of seconds? Oh, yeah, and it's written at an extremely high level. Or talking, or taking out your phone, hovering it over any math problem, only to have it produce the steps and answer correctly laid out in front of you. So that's the, the visualization, the thinking about, right? And then we go into, or AJ goes into, how about living in a world where you could have front row seat experience at the Super Bowl or the concert or a presidential debate without having to leave your house? Navigate Mars and attempt tasks to stay alive, getting to experience zero gravity in space and drive the rover on Mars, all while being safely here on Earth. And what about a world where you can cut and paste DNA, like moving a paragraph on Microsoft Word? Use nanobots to heal specific parts of your body and be close to connecting the power of the Internet straight to our brains without the phone or computer interface. Dan, I got news for you. What is that? This is the world we are living in. This is not the future. Everything that we just spoke about, this is what's happening right now, okay? And we know that overall, business has been transformed by companies in the past yeah, decade. This, I, I think this is something that I found staggering. Amazing. Like Uber is the world's largest taxi company that owns no vehicles. Yep, no overhead. Look at that, right? I mean, that's insurance, vehicles, right? It's crazy. Facebook is the world's most popular media owner and creates no content. Right. Alibaba is the most valuable retailer, but has no inventory. And Airbnb, the world's largest accommodation provider, owns no real estate. So something interesting is happening, and that's from uh, Tom Goodwin and, uh, and Wet Paint. And it has been happening, and it's going to continue to happen. And this is how does this exponential change is impacting learning is what we're talking about today. And it's going to be a tough task. It's going to be... Everybody's going to perceive it differently. You are obviously form your own opinion, right? But, okay, let's think about it before you jump to a conclusion where sure. something's beneficial or, uh, you know, nope, this is terrible for education. Because we have to have the mindset of having an open mindset, right? We have to understand, okay, things are going to change. Think about, you know, uh, the shift will happen, Right. Way back when, if MySpace was a country, it would have been the 11th largest in the world. Did you know that? Between Japan and Mexico? MySpace. MySpace. We were all friends with Tom. That's right? it. And what, now, what music did you have on yours? I don't remember. I kept oh. changing it. <laughs> Dan, you would have been in my top eight. All Thank right? you. Thank you. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? I mean, you think about what's going on, and we know Facebook has completely you know, taken over uh, you know, MySpace. MySpace is now a thing of the past. But just think, if we don't challenge ourselves as educators – to be open-minded, right, to empower ourselves with everything, the knowledge that either our students are providing to us, the world is giving to us. We have to, you know, uh, be able to adapt to all of these things, right, and innovate and stay with the times, right? Um, I, I really think as we talk, and we're going to talk about this, and Dan's going to go into it in depth, but think about education, all right? And our good old friend Matt Miller tweeted this out. Calculators? Search engines, Google Translate, Wikipedia, Photomath, all right? And then I'll talk about the last one in a minute. All of those have disrupted traditional teaching, just like the computer and everything else. But we all adapt. Education evolves forward. Blocking them, not using them, or I don't want to say poo-pooing, but getting rid of them as a positive influence isn't the answer. 
making education more relevant is, which is going to lead us to chat GPT. There Dan. it is. All right. So I guess um, we should really get to know chat GPT. So, I, I mean, I know in our show notes, this is where I have a little section called Andrew Goes Off the Rails. So um, before I um, introduce chat GPT, do you want to give our listeners a little background on what it is? Yep. So ChatGPT is basically an artificial intelligence component on the web. You know what? Yeah. I think it's better. I'm listening. If we just hear from it itself. Okay. So um, if you chat, I use ChatGPT to conduct an interview with ChatGPT. So... Um, I was able, so as, uh, before I go in and go through the interview, as and I shouldn't have cut Andrew off, but no, what, you're good. what it is, is basically a chatbot. It's, it's AI that's been developed, open source AI, um, that really puts together uh, some really, <laughs> I, I, it just blows Better my mind, can, right? like the machine learning and everything that you can basically pose any question, any thought, anything into it, and it's going to give you a well-structured, well-organized, well-researched, um, and well-developed response. Um, so I, I'll put the link, and Andrew will have to remind me when we're done, but put the, I took a picture of my, uh, my chat with ChatGPT just to get a little bit of um, information. So I posted a question um, in chat GPT. And I just said, podcast interview questions and answers with chat GPT. And this is what it gave me. Question number one, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your background? The response, I am a natural language processing model developed by OpenAI. I am trained on a large amount of text data and can generate human-like responses to questions and prompts. Question number two, what is your primary purpose or function? My primary purpose is to assist users in generating human-like text responses. I can be used for a variety of applications, including chatbots, virtual assistants, and automatic summaries of text. Question number three, how does your technology work and how does it differ from other NLP models? I use a deep learning approach to NLP, which involves training a large neural network on a large data set of text data. This allows me to generate responses that are more human-like than other NLP models. I also have the ability to fine-tune my responses based on specific context and user preferences. Four, can you give us an example of a situation where you have been used successfully? I have been used in several successful applications, including chatbots for customer service and virtual assistants for personal use. In both cases, I was able to generate responses that were helpful and accurate, providing users with the information they needed. Last question, what are some of the limitations or challenges of using your technology? One of the main challenges of using my technology is the need for large amounts of high quality training data. This can be difficult to obtain and can require significant resources to process and analyze. Additionally, my responses may not always be perfect, and I may not always be able to provide the exact information that a user is looking for. That was a great interview. It was. My mind is blown. <laughs> so, when we say chat GP, GPT, it is all over Twitter, uh, blogs, everywhere right now. And so, if you have not heard about it, 
it's basically AI, artificial intelligence. Think like uh, Alexa in your, sorry, mm-hmm. I just said everybody's off, but think oh. about <laughs> We've done that before. <laughs> yeah. So think uh, Alexa or OK Google or whichever in your you know house right now is now going to be shifted towards education and uh, can, you know, can it disrupt, I guess is the term uh, that some people are saying, the modern classroom. So it's a chat bot, bot, like Dan said, and it's causing quite an uproar for educators and non-educators. Some people see it as a great invention. Uh, some see it as a tool that could change the typical uh, English essay or math mm-hmm. assignment. Again, we're saying let's be open-ended, right? And, you know, Dan, you we were talking about uh, the infused classroom, uh, right. Holly Clark. Right, she- Um Okay, yeah, we can go there. I was um, just talking about um, there's a great article that we'll put in our show notes um, from The Atlantic. Yeah. I'm talking about, and it's written by Daniel Herman, and it's called The End of High School English, um, talking about chat GPT. Um, and I, I'll say it's it's a great article. It's not it's not like a reactionary article no. um, saying how this is going to destroy high school English and writing. Um, but it does bring up some good points about the way that writing has been taught and then reflecting on the way it's taught and is that achieving the purpose that we need now. Um, the article goes through some great examples of what this teacher has done, um, and it's definitely worth the read. Um, and it just has some, some great conclusions in there. Um, so I definitely want people to... Um, yeah, take a look at the article. Take Absolutely. a look at the article. You know, I mean, he's been teaching, uh, you know, the author has who penned this article said he's been teaching English for 12 years. He's astounded mm-hmm. by what ChatGPT can produce. You know, and the thing is, uh, you know, people are like plagiarism, this, that, so forth. You need to block it. You need to block it. Yeah, I understand you're, you know, you're frustrated. That's your knee-jerk reaction. But what is that going to do when the student just has access either A, on their phone or B, on a different network, whether it be home mm-hmm. or a Starbucks or wherever? So, um, and, um, yeah, and just one of his final conclusions are many teachers have reacted to chat GPT by imagining how to give writing assignments now. Maybe they should be written out by hand or given only in class. But that seems to me short-sighted. The question isn't how will we get around this, but rather is it still worth doing? Right. I think you just have to look at the impact and and go from there, right? Right. You know, you come come back. And uh, you do need a subscription to read the article. So, uh, but you get one month free. So right. definitely, uh, you know, you can check it out uh, and and read the full article that Dan was just talking about for The Atlantic. So uh, I want to go back to Holly. Yeah, let's really get into it now. So uh, Holly Clark does the infused classroom. Okay. And you know what? We're going to put her on our list of guests to interview. Sure. That would be awesome. So the nice thing is, and we'll post a link to her, her newsletter here, her article about ChatGPT and most of the newsletter was actually written by Chat GPT. It's great. Uh, so she and she has a little. Uh, she has a, an Instagram reel that she talks about how she went through the process and shows it. Um, it's also out. She also posted it on Twitter. But she actually had Chat GPT write her newsletter, and she uh, color coded it. So everything the chat came up with 
is in is black, black, right? And, and what she added was which blue. Was blue, and yeah. there's a lot more black than blue in the in the writing. Which Thousand is, percent correct. It's you know? it's very interesting. So do we want to break this down? Because I think this really gets into yeah, so the, into some some good discussion topics. She basically asked the question about, can you write me a subject line for this newsletter for teachers using ChatGPT? And then it came up with the subject lines, and she you know screenshotted it so you could. Uh, everybody can see it. And then what is ChatGPT for teachers? It's a large language model trained by OpenAI, which is artificial intelligence, right? It's state-of-the-art language generation system that can produce human-like text in a wide range of styles and formats, with citations if needed. Mm, yes. It uses cutting-edge machine learning techniques to generate text that's coherent, fluent, and relevant to a given context. So, so basically, you ask it questions or queries, and it responds in a human-like fashion. That's the layman's terms, right? right. You know? And there are a bunch of TikToks that you, if you're a TikToker, right, mm-hmm. to, to help you better understand the power of it. And, you know, Holly's got them all linked there. She also has the Atlantic article linked as well uh, that Dan was just referring to. So she had asked, uh, you know, for example, uh, one query on ChatGPT and its response, right, and that's what we pretty much just read. But it said how it has the, pos- the potential to impact classrooms uh, and education in a number of ways and the benefits for it. So here are just a few, right, Uh potential lesson ideas for using chat GPT in the classroom, right? So the first one, conversation practice, all right? And we'll go back and forth, Dan, all right? So I'll start with this one. So chat GPT can be used to help students practice their conversation skills. By engaging in a conversation with chat GPT, students can get instant feedback on their responses and improve their ability to carry on a natural sounding conversation. Now, before Dan goes on to the next one, think of what we've come out of with the pandemic Mm -hmm. and the lack of social skills that many students, wide variety of ages, are struggling with, okay? Public speaking, we talk about being in a class. Now, we know Dan and I, we don't have any problem with that. But many people, many of our students do, whether it's a fear, whether they don't know how to, you know, we don't know what's going on with them. The mental health side, obviously the pandemic effects of that. This is something that can help them converse and have practice. So when they get into those social settings, there's a comfort level. That's all. And, you know, one of the things is it's so the the quality of which the responses come in are are so I, I want to say articulate for machine learning absolutely that you can really begin to I I you know we talk about conversation practice I, I I've been playing with it for a while now and it's almost like having a research partner by my side as I'm doing things as I'm working on something and questions arise and I'm looking for answers or looking for thoughts or looking for prompts or looking for ideas, um, I get such great feedback from typing in queries into chat GPT to direct me on different ways to go and learn about different things and check different sources. So you're not only talking about conversation practice, it, it is like having a partner yep. go to work with you. It, it's, I, I mean, I still get stunned, but what comes back at you is, mind-blowing you just heard it there dan is looking to replace me with chat gpt that's it <laughs> i think I, it might be vice versa but uh all i i mean it's i i well, i'm just gonna go like i have my my list of queries up here um i i talked about the interview i had this teach me about energy transfer in a fourth grade level yep um, it had me giving writing prompts for, you know, I was working with our steam PD people mm-hmm. and they were working on a big unit 
for transfer of energy. And we looked at give me writing prompts for transfer of energy. And it came up with such fantastic ideas. Imagine you are a scientist working on a project to harness the power of the tides. Write a journal entry detailing your progress and challenges. Write a short story about a group of friends who accidentally discover a way to transfer energy from one person to another. I mean, what great ideas. I, I, don't, I couldn't have come up with this. Write a science fiction story about a society that mastered the art of energy transfer and can harness it for incredible feats. Talk about choice. Right. Write a scene from a play where two characters argue about the ethics of using a certain form of energy. I mean, these are the pro- what's coming back at me from my my original query. Talk about more powerful than a Google search. Efficient uh, and scary. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna be. I mean, I'm gonna go here. I did um, have started having a little fun with Why it. Why not? So I put in a query. I said, "Write me a rap song in the style of Eminem about ChatGPT." I tried rapping it. Dan could have recorded it. It was pretty funny. But, I mean, verse one, on the illest chatbot on the block, you can call me ChatGPT, the one they call Doc. I'm the realest AI you've ever seen, spitting fire like a dragon. I'm the machine. Yeah. I've trained a ton of text. No surprise. I can generate responses. I'm always wise. I'm like a virtual assistant, always on call. I'm the best at natural language. I stand tall. Dude, like this is now. Dan just needs to use Chrome Music, uh, you know, online and and create the beat for it. You'll be all set. I mean, I did watch this one TikToker on it. Had him write a song. Uh, it asked it to write a love song, and not only put in the lyrics, but it gave them the chords to go along with the song. And he played the song based on the. And it was, I mean, it was pretty cheesy, but it was a pretty good song. Right. Um, so these are the kind, this is what we're talking about, what's out there. And of course, you know, the, the mindset immediately goes to us in education is, well, there it goes. You know, students are going to be producing no original thought. Um, mm-hmm. the writing of the essays are, are no longer relevant. Um, what about plagiarism? I mean, plagiarism is a whole other, I mean, is this plagiarism? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, it's, it's tough to say. I, uh, who you plagiarize? I mean, you put with citations. It's just pulling facts. It, I mean, may, maybe we should just source it by Skynet. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and so you, you kind of start to talk about. So we know lyrics, conversation practice, writing practice. I was like, hey, give me a. I told ChatGPT uh, to uh, explain to me the uh, you know the the history of the presidential elections in the United States, and I got a long list of art, like long article written about all the elections, upsets, you know, and everything. So it was great. So writing practice, vocabulary and grammar practice, reading comprehension. There's a lot that chat GPT can do. There's no doubt about it. I know right now, many, many people, as this is all over uh, the Twitterverse and everything, are saying, well, what are the negative impacts? And we're jumping to conclusions. You know, we know that there's a ton of potential benefits of using AI and machine learning in the classroom, okay? But the big thing is, you know, where is it going to go? Mm-hmm. Is it, it become a dependency tool for students to, to, to rely on it? It's just going to get better. Right. Like that song, that cheesy song that Dan was referring to or his, you know, Eminem rap right there. <laughs> It's just going to get better as machine learning continues to improve with the AI, right? And we know privacy. We, we, we hammer home the idea of privacy a lot. So the use of AI in classroom raises privacy concerns, right, with student data being collected and so forth. So that's something that we have to obviously uh, make sure you check with your, 
your instructional technology department, your mm-hmm. tech director, you know, the district policies for the board of ed in regards to that before you, you know, students are going to use it on their own. That's one thing at home, but as you know, educators, you have to, you're, you're first, you have to make sure you're protecting students, uh, mm-hmm. stuff. Um, inequalities, right. We talk about, it could exasperate existing inequalities. Students from disadvantaged backgrounds may not have access to those same resources and technology as students, from other backgrounds. So there could be disparities in educational outcomes. Uh, you know, the last one, Dan, I don't know. I mean, I don't see it replacing people now. Right. I mean, it's a machine, you know, it's not like, uh, 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 the Jetsons. I don't see, you know, I don't see it replacing us, you know, with, uh, educational professionals and teachers and this and that, cause there's just, it's just something totally different. But the thing that a lot of people say is, at what point is there the ethical use of it, mm-hmm. right? Because we know it's got these powerful capabilities. It's that, you know, the the it can process language models, and they just have to be used responsibly and ethics in mind, uh, you know, as we move forward with this technology. This is just scratching the surface, folks. I mean, it's, it's not going anywhere. And, you know, just to kind of... You know, bring this because I I I foresee I foresee us talking about this much more, Um, but we look at you know I kicked off with it with the AJ Giuliani and does education need to change? And I think for a variety of reasons, we all recognize that our system um, is flawed uh, the way it is. So you know, really looking at what I mean, this is a prime example of the future that we are preparing our students for that we do not yet know what exists. Correct. Um, so this is only going to become more and more um, relevant in our students' lives. And I, I don't think it's going to benefit any teacher to put, you know, make the, you know, to, to you know, make this their, 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 their thing to try and squash um, students going in. I think it may, should make us reflect as professionals and think about what, the purpose of the work that we're giving our students. Um, you know, there, in, in the Atlantic article, um, there's, there's a lot of references to the, you know, why are we teaching writing the way that we are? What is it really showing? A lot of things. And students need to be able to write, and they need to be able to put together coherent thoughts. They need to be able to develop arguments. They need to be able to persuade. They need to learn all of those fundamental skills. They, they need to do that. And we're not saying we don't teach that craft, and we don't model that craft, and we don't have students explore that craft. But your, you know, your simple... I don't want to say simple, but the old, you know, write me a five paragraph essay on the literary themes of Moby Dick, um, maybe not be the most relevant way of engaging our students in that process. Now, Uh, maybe we need to have our students be more reflective, have more complex thoughts go into our writing, institute more of what we've been talking about, that project based learning, that authentic audience, that performance assessment, that demonstration of their work. Um, so we're not saying don't teach writing. You should. Um, we're not saying don't have students explore these themes. You should. Um, but be mindful of what's out there and what students have access to. And instead of trying to dissuade them or block them or put, or, or put up a fight against that, how can you utilize that? Um, I love in the Atlantic article how um, the teacher took the, the student a student essay, put it into the uh, the, the query window and said, can you make this essay better? And it reworked the there essay and gave some, I mean, so feedback, um, but using your learning and your ideas combined with the machine learning and the benefits it has is not, isn't it 
lifting up everyone at some point. Um, so I just think there's a lot of discussions to be had, a lot of reflections as a practitioner and a lot of thinking of, all right, so what are the purposes of my assignments? And then how can I really create a student centered um, demonstration where this where the student has ownership and can really get across the te to the teacher their understanding, but not only their understanding, but the levels at which the teacher can then provide scaffolds for that student and support them in the learning process. The big thing, I mean, like you said, I mean, that was a great way of summarizing everything, Dan. And, and the takeaways are, okay, we are in almost 2023. And for our veteran and seasoned teachers, you have gone through, uh, you know, a million different things, a million different learning styles, modalities, like, like that tweet had said with, you know, with Matt or with AJ's article in the beginning. You have to adapt. Calculators came out, right? How'd you adapt? Search engines came out. The net. How'd we adapt? Google Translate for our world language teachers. How did you adapt? Wikipedia, photo math. This is just another thing that disrupted traditional teaching from, you know, those who, you know, kind of forged the path for us many, many years ago in education, right? We adapt. We always adapt just like our students are. We adapted out of a pandemic. Education evolves forward. We can't look back and say, okay, uh, you know, there's a, our, our good friend, John Redeker, mm -hmm. right, who says, because that's the way we've always done it. We have to move forward because education evolves forward and come up with these creative avenues in order to do so. So, And I, I think I'll just leave us all with the, um, the final thing from Holly Clark with her newsletter that um, she said, the key is not to overreact to any new form of technology, but rather start an open dialogue with people, um, your colleagues, about how it can be used to improve education. She says, I don't think it made my newsletter better but I could have used the information to begin my own writing or lead to my own personal better understanding of AI and what I was writing about. But I strongly feel this newsletter still needed my voice. Right. And students are going to have their voice and how they, you know, how they articulate that. So I think that's a great way. Again, this is just the initial thoughts and scratching the surface. So I'm sure, as Dan had mentioned, we are going to be talking about this once again. Uh, we uh, hopefully will have one more episode before the holidays, Dan, right? Let's hopefully, let's, hopefully, if not happy holidays, but that is our plan. Uh, and uh, if you have a sticker, you need a sticker, make sure you do the sticker request. Thank you for all your support. Listen on all those platforms. Please, please, please keep leaving us those reviews. I know there'll be questions, comments, or suggestions about Absolutely. chat GPT. Please reach out to us. Tech card, work smart, live an adventure. Find Andrew on all socials at A Nicola Tech and Dan at WCSD Tech DR.